Uh, well, welcome to Affiliated, a podcast about using affiliates to grow and scale your business that will soon be number one on iTunes. Yeah, right. we have like real microphones. Yeah, real I can professionals. I you in my ears. I could hear myself in my ears. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I thought I would hate it, but it's kind of nice. I'm, I'm just going to do this all the time. Just going to carry the mic around here. Have Taylor just follow me everywhere with all my yeah. casual conversations. Yeah, from be like now a Ty Lopez on. of podcasting. Just yeah. Have your own yeah, this yeah. Is my, which will bore so many people to realize how much my time is filled with uh, me reading um, Choose Your Own Adventure games, which is super nerdy. It's super nerdy. <laughs> I'm well aware. But today we're going to talk about something that isn't super nerdy, unless you think that talking it's about pretty it, nerdy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so but it's good. It's, it's good. good. Yeah. It's good stuff. We're going to talk about um, and taking a concept that's commonly used and, and Russell Brunson has really pushed out to make very popular, which is one funnel way, which is used for acquiring a customer. But we're going to use it to describe and metaphor acquiring an affiliate. Yes. You're one affiliate away. Ah, that tagline. Ah, that's clever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, what we're really going to cover is really that idea from ad to purchase, which will be promotion for affiliate. Yeah, like add to sales page. Yep. To ascending. Up so um, flow. Up And some really cool little tricks and tips yeah. and hot ninja things that um, we want to share with you that you could start really upscaling your affiliate acquisition okay. program. I love that because, God, no, everyone asks, how do I get more affiliates? And everyone talks about, they go to masterminds, right? They go to all these things to go get affiliates. But no one talks about affiliate acquisition, right? Mm -hmm. From like a nerdy level. So let's dive in, man. Yeah. This is going to be good. We yeah. talk about it. Yeah. And we're going to talk about it even more right now. So the oh. first thing, let's start with our ads, which um, an ad like Facebook, blah, 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 that you normally have um, in an offer. And here we're going to reference what is an ad in most affiliate marketplaces. Um, and, and that's really going to be your Facebook ad. So let's talk about our marketplace because we know the most about it, which is the ClickBank marketplace and your marketplace listing, which is normally your first experience that affiliates will have with your product and their promotion. Um, so why don't you share a little about what makes a good marketplace listing, Thomas? Yeah, again, right? So I always use the metaphor that your marketplace listing in ClickBank is like your billboard out there on the freeway of affiliates looking for new offers, right? So it is the best metaphor for a Facebook ad, right? It's your marketplace listing. Um, I'll talk a bit about what people do wrong because I think that's a good way to highlight what well, not to do. Don't be so negative, yeah. Thomas. Well, I'll we're flip a positive it. I'll flip people. I'm no, yeah. just kidding. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about it. Like, yeah, obviously, so, people make a lot of mistakes there. No, so a newbie mistake is that people see Marketplace and they see all these offers in there, um, right? And they're used to seeing like an Amazon or like a shop, you know, kind of an e-com marketplace or something like that, which is a direct to consumer, right? Consumers are browsing it. And they'll write their Marketplace title and description like it's for a consumer. Right. This is the best greens powder da, da, da. It helps you do all this stuff, right? Um, affiliates don't really care about that to be blunt. Right? They, they want to know that it's a, what is the offer? What, what's your hook? What's your headline? Like, you don't have to put the whole thing in there. Right? What's the big selling prop and how much money can it make? Right? How well does it convert? Is it proven? Right? Is it tested? The marketplace inherently stack ranks on performance. So it's kind of baked in a bit. If you're anywhere above like the page eight on like the overall marketplace, it's kind of good sign that it's proven, but you can still put some good modifying numbers in there of like, hey, this is getting X dollar EPC. This is doing converting on this type of traffic. This is the best offer in X niche, all those kind of sexy headlines you can plug in there. But you're really, you have to write it for the affiliate, not for the consumer. Yeah, right. and the affiliate that you want, not just any affiliate. I think that's always important well, too. Well, I'd say, I'd, I would say get your clicks. 
from get the marketplace. Clicks. Get your clicks. So just like a Facebook ad, right? You want to you do want to qualify a bit with a Facebook ad if we're using that, right? But you want to get a high CTR on an ad. So with a marketplace listing, you want to get a high CTR to your affiliate lander or to the offer so people can actually see what it is and go like, oh yeah, this looks legit, right? So. Gotcha. Well, thanks for disagreeing with me on our first podcast, Thomas. Oh, yeah, I have a little bit of spice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've got to fight a little bit. Um, but no, you, you bring a good point. Yeah, I guess with the ad, you just want people to come through. So the first question I would ask you, and I think this commonly happens is, well, how do I know what numbers to highlight? Or what if I don't have a lot of numbers to go off of? I have a very small <laughs> amount of traffic or maybe no traffic. Right. Um, well, so don't lie. I mean, I think a lot of people do lie in the marketplace, which I think just sets people up for failure. Because if you quote, oh, this is getting $5 EPCs, it's not going to get $5 EPCs at scale, right? Um, it might for some smaller hot list you tested it on. But when you start to widen up and other affiliates are promoting it, that's not going to maintain. So you've just already set the bar for failure in the affiliate's eyes when you when they don't get $5 EPCs, right? Or the very rare cases they do, great, but most people won't. So I think get set a realistic number. If you're testing with house traffic, right, your own warm list or anything like that, um, you know, cut that, what, in half? Yeah. Know? Like if you're getting $5 EPCs, say you're getting $2 EPCs, which is still a good EPC, right? Um, but it's going to be much more, that looks much more believable to a good affiliate who knows what they're doing. And it is actually more likely to back out for most affiliates at mm -hmm. that level. And I think another plug is if your numbers, if you're going to put a real sexy number up there that's possibly a little bit out of reach for most affiliates, if it's real, just explain maybe how that's broken up. Because sometimes I see people do, hey, here's a house promotion or, you know, it, it came through a certain type of affiliate. There's a little bit more content or it was a warmer traffic. So if you put warm traffic is getting X EPC, at least as an affiliate, I can understand that I'm not going to have warm traffic but that offer yeah. still works to warm audiences. And so I could start to derive what I might would you, get. Would you put that in the marketplace listing or do you qualify or would you explain that on the affiliate recruitment page? Um, I think I, I put something, it, it depend on how off base it was. Like if I was getting <laughs> like $10 EPCs or 10% right. conversions on warm traffic, I would probably lead with something like warm traffic, 10, you know, $10 EPCs in the headline so you could still see something like, wow, that's still a high EPC. It seems generally on there. So it'll catch the eye. But what you don't want to seem seem like you're a liar because I don't want to click on a lying list, right? Like if I lose that trust right from mm -hmm. the get-go, why even click? Yeah. But that might make pull me in to be more interested. At least that's the way that I would look at it. And I would see if you have those numbers and you don't just want to slash them down by 50% or you want to distinguish yourself in the marketplace. Yeah. What, I, what I love is uh, when someone puts like, you're going to get this much per conversion. Right, and then the big bold actual stat in the marketplace is like way less than that because yeah. <laughs> ClickLink actually tells affiliates this yeah. is what the average com uh, commission is. Right? Yes. So it's like, you're gonna get two hundred dollars a sale. It's like fifty bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So be aware right. of things like that. Right. Um, you don't want to contradict yourself when you're listing right away. Yeah. So let's move on from. They've clicked through. Yep. They've gotten that CTR. You've created a listing of you know, accurate numbers that affiliates care about. Um, now you're on the affiliate tool page. This is your landing page. Um, and we're gonna break this out just a couple of parts. Um, we're gonna talk about the headline. We're gonna talk about what would normally be the lead if it was copy, but kind of the middle and kind of the, the end CTA portion yeah. is what we'll break it down to. Um, so first off with the headline, Thomas, what makes a good headline for an affiliate tool page in your opinion? Yeah, um, you're, this is where you really wanna qualify right? Do you have this traffic, right? And then this is your specific type of traffic you're looking for. Do you have a 
buyer list of women over 45, bam, this is the offer for you, right? You really want to just drive home your ideal affiliate right there, right? Because um, if you, d what people misassume is that if you dis if you qualify to such a narrow degree that you'll cut out other affiliates, the, the reality is, is that you will focus on the best affiliate for you, which is gonna make it the majority of your sales anyway. So you want to talk with them directly first. And really, if I know, it's like, well, I've got a buyer list of men and women over, you know, 30, like, yeah, but I can segment down to 45, right? Like now I know how to make this convert better for my bigger list, right? So just going wide, I'm just gonna go, okay, great. Yep, I can segment that down. So you're really not disqualifying. You're really just adding context to what it converts well to, which yeah. will expose you to more. And I'll just, sorry, can I just go on a quick rant? You go on a quick yeah. rant. Yeah, it'll be quick. Um, what not to do with your affiliate tools page is to not just have it be a swipe file dump. Right. Um, what Kyle's been alluding to is that this is a sales page for affiliates. You have your headline, your body will go into, right? What looks like the rest of the page structured like, but you're really trying to close an affiliate to promote you on this page. I, I think ClickBank is at fault here a bit because we call it a tools page. People use it as a tool, right? Here's all the tools you need to succeed. Like here's your swipe files. You can have that high up on the page. Like, hey, if you just need the swipe files, here's the link, right? But it should not be the only thing. I think, gosh, I was going through the marketplace the other day. And it was like three top offers had Google Docs with just swipe files as their affiliate <laughs> tools page. So gross, right? So it's bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's painful to see. And a lot of them do that, right? It's not, it's all over the place. But what we need you to have is a good sales page of why you should promote this offer. Yeah, I mean, you wanna, if you're trying to sell a product, if you're Ikea, you wanna dump the instructions and all the pieces out and say, you know, build it yourself. This is what you're committing to, right? And yeah. make it confusing and hard. And going back to like the sales funnel metaphor, right? The sales pages, yeah, isn't just the product, right? It's like, boom, here, right? <laughs> now you usually have to sell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for a proven offer. Yeah. So yeah, you really need to be able to highlight and, like you said, explain not only who your target market is, mm -hmm. but then talk about the results they're going to get and, and what you could expect. And like you said, it's, it's important to qualify, but then really sell and pitch the results they're gonna get, the results their customers are gonna get. I think that's an important thing because there are certain affiliates, we talked about it, they do care about their audience. They don't wanna send some garbage offer that yeah, sure, maybe it converts really well, but if the refunds are really bad or the product doesn't work, you know, they're gonna be really upset. I actually um, experienced this with an affiliate that I know pretty well, and he got really upset at an offer that he promoted that the his customers weren't getting, not only because he's a rev share base and it could lose cash, but he has customers saying, hey, where's my book? Why have I not gotten my mm. book yet? And he was really upset. That really made him not want to promote that offer again, knowing that he ran into that, those types of issues. So, um, you know, there is a, a component of knowing that you're going to do a good job, you're going to deliver, you're going to sell and all that stuff, deliver on what you sell, explain what you're selling, um, but also explain the results, which is really yeah. what you lead with. Um, so as for, let's talk a little about that tool section that I think is really important. Um, not only do you want to sell on that tool page and the affiliate tool page and structure headline that's going to identify, mm -hmm. then go into, um, you know, maybe some, some of the testimonials of people saying that here's your affiliate saying that it does great or a credibility piece. Um, but when you actually get to the tool page section, I think making it really easy to use. Affiliates are really busy. They're competing with a lot of different offers. Make it super simple for them. Yeah. Top performing swipe to these demos. Top performing banner ads to this traffic source, right? Make it segmented, make it easy. Have the links pre-built in there, yep. right? Yeah. Yeah, a link builder, a pre-built links, um, something where they can just copy and paste and go for what fits for them. Mm -hmm. And I can't emphasize enough too, 
create swipes for certain types of traffic. All the time, it's like, well, I have five swipes. Here's the five swipes. Well, that's meaningless, right? I don't want five swipes. I want the swipe that works best for 45 plus females that are concerned about weight loss. Give yep. me that swipe. If I have a diabetes list, I want it for you know a mixed diabetes list that is 55 plus. What's the best performing swipe for that audience? Then I only have one decision to make. I'm gonna go run with that. Maybe give me a couple subject lines, that's fine. But the actual swipe should just be one. Just yeah. one thing. Give me one thing. Yeah, exactly. Make it super easy. Affiliates are lazy in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's not affiliates are lazy. Oh, they they're are. busy. Well, they're busy. <laughs> it's lazy as a function of all the other things yes. you have going on. So that that's my way to spin that, right? I'm spinning in a positive way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as we kind of try that, I think anything else you want to add on the, the tool page that you think we should really reference or talk about? Um, I'll just say like right, as you qualify um, – some little things to keep in mind, like affiliates like to see that there's upsell flow. So like put a common thing you can do that top offers do is have like a breakout flow chart of your sales funnel, right? Yeah, they're gonna go through the ClickBank tracking link, they're gonna hit the sales page. It doesn't have to be like super laid out, it's gonna be like a flow, like a, literally a flow chart out of Flow.io or something. Um, they go to these one of two upsell steps, here's the commission you expect to get on these, here's the next upsell steps, here's the commission you expect to get on these, so on and so forth. Build confidence that you have a full funnel, right? And that you're, yep, you know what you're doing. Um, testimonials are great to have, right? Just like you'd have testimonials on your sales page to build confidence. You know, you can have testimonials from top affiliates you've worked with in the past. You can have character testimonials if you don't have any data to back anything up, right? Anything you put there to be like, yep, this looks proven and trusted. If it's on ClickBank, there's already some trust factor in there because people know they're gonna get paid by ClickBank. But so you more just wanna kind of build trust that it's a good offer, right? Or you know what you're doing and that, yep, I have a degree of confidence that this will work. And then um, a lead gen capture form is super important. Even if you have a wide open offer that doesn't need approval to sign up, I still highly recommend having a lead gen capture form for affiliates to fill out where they can put their ClickBank nickname, your their name, email, right? Anything else you might need. Like if you need traffic sources there, put it in there, right? If you need estimated clicks, put it in there, right? Um, but don't make it too robust. But have that capture form that way if you see affiliates sending, um, you can reference back to your lead gen and go, oh, who was... X, Y, Z, Z, right? Oh, it was this affiliate. Let me reach out to them because I want to help them out more. Yeah. Um, and little little nugget here is if, let's say your default commission is 50%, right? You've got tiers higher than that to put your friends and family on. Make a 55% tier and offer anyone who fills out that lead gen form to get a 5% commission bump, right? Yeah. Because um, right now you've captured them and you can ascend them later, right? Yeah, that is one of the first ninja tricks that Thomas oh, had ninja. mentioned. Is, on it, here. is this yeah. the word we're using? That, I like trick? ninja tricks. Maybe we could we could, we could <laughs> workshop something. That's when I came on the fly because maybe I was ninja focused this morning. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that's a great tool and strategy. I think it's funny how often people don't think about acquiring their affiliate information and how powerful that is. Yeah. Um, when you if when you come up with new offers, new promotions, being able to effectively communicate with them without a middleman is huge. Yeah. Just any talk to an experienced affiliate manager and how frustrated they get when they, they have people promoting their products. They, and they don't, don't know who they are. Yeah, who are you? <laughs> like, I want to talk to you. I want to give you things. I want to make your life better. Because right, what do they have to do now? They have to reach out to their account manager at ClickBank if they're platinum. They have to go, hey, who's this affiliate? Can I get introduced to them? If they're the account manager then has to go reach out to the affiliate to get approval for an introduction, make that all happen. If you just collect that off the front, you can just do it. Yeah, it's right there. 
You're already, you're already talking with them. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Just <laughs> yeah. make it easy. Mm-hmm. And, and it's important to remember, too, that you probably in your life or your business are going to have more than one offer. Yeah. Um, but you could have, you could keep those affiliates forever. Right. It's just like building your email list of customers. Just building yeah. your email list of affiliates. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that? Why? Yeah. yeah imagine buying, <laughs> getting customers and not having any of their information. Yeah. Oh, Amazon. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, th- that is a big key is making sure you have that piece. So let's actually, since we mentioned a Ninja Trick, let's go into a couple other ones mm-hmm. that are really cool and you'd actually mentioned this to me on another um conversation and i'm just gonna steal it from you because it's really cool but i'd like you to expand more <laughs> but um one of the big things we do on landing pages and opt-in pages with customers is you pixel them so if somebody lands there and they leave you can retarget them with ads yeah you'd mentioned that not enough people are doing that with affiliates nobody affi- does it yeah no one does <laughs> like what? Yeah, a few biz op people do it, right? If you land on their affiliate launch page or something, you'll get retargeted by them, right? But gosh, I don't see anyone in the evergreen health and fitness space really doing this. Um, and it's just like going back to like, you know, building your email list of affiliates. You're just building your acquisition funnel of affiliates, right? You're gonna pixel them, you're gonna retarget them. It's dirt cheap to retarget affiliate, right? No one's targeting them <laughs> for like a, for an offer like this. Um, and it just kept, keeps your presence in mind, right? You can put them into a drip campaign or whatever it might be, get them to come back to the affiliate funnel, get them to come back to whatever it might be for them to fill out a lead gen form to get promoting, right? If one, this is my model, right? If one affiliate could equal thousands of customers for you, why aren't you building an affiliate acquisition funnel that's automated, that has process around it, that does a lot of the heavy lifting for you? just like you're doing with your customers. Yeah, I could tell you, if you only do one thing after listening to this podcast and you already have an affiliate program, start retargeting them through media buying. And I, I mean, obviously Facebook's easy, but you could do Google, you yeah. could do YouTube, whatever, whatever source of media buying you know, it's so flipping cheap um, once you have a pixel on there to retarget. So it's just, I remember you told me that, I was like, oh my gosh, what a brilliant <laughs> idea. Why have I not been thinking about telling everyone this all the time? So. Here's the soapbox for Thomas's great idea, um, and, and make sure that you start doing that. This will be a eventual curse, monkey's paw situation when we're just constantly retargeted by, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm like, yeah. I need other ads for other things because I'm looking at affiliate tool pages all the time. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's true. But that's okay. I I, I want to yes. live in that world. Yes. I'll, I'll be all right with it. So. Um, uh, the next thing, any other ninja tricks you want to talk about from a landing page perspective or just kind of this point before we talk about Ascension, which is going to be identifying and elevating your affiliates? No, I'll just recap, right? Look at what you're doing with a long-form sales lander or what people are doing for a long-form sales lander for customers and what can you model to bring over to your affiliate recruitment page or affiliate tools page, right? And treat it the same way. Yeah. Oh, one thing I was going to hit on that we didn't talk about um, is... We mentioned affiliate referrals are fantastic um, mm-hmm. if you have them. If you don't have them um, and, and you don't have affiliates to go ask for those referrals, which you should if you can, <laughs> is is getting people that could give you credibility. So they're really more testimonials on you as a marketer, you as a person. Yeah, the character um, testimonials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing a it was a affiliate tool page for a large seminar. I mean, or no, sorry, it's a video documentary series. And um, the individual spent all this time talking about, you know, the series and the passion, but they didn't share anything about their experience in doing documentaries that monetize, right? So mm. so I want to understand that I'm going to get a good product from you, even if I don't know what this product's going to do because it's a singular launch. I don't really care as much about the content. What I really care about is that you know what you're doing. So using some of those testimonials is a really powerful thing 
to get that trust and build that trust if maybe you don't have the affiliate referral. So I just wanted to throw that in there because earlier we didn't address it. Um, now let's talk a little about Ascension. You have affiliates coming in. Um, what are some Ascension tactics or, well, let me actually define this. What we mean by this is you're gonna have a lot of people test and or at least sign up for your offer, right? That's the CTA we're describing, the upsell piece. And the other piece of what happens afterwards is more, when we think of like, that, that's getting affiliate signed up, but what really matters is that they promote and make a sale and send you clicks. So how do you know that someone's just looking at your offer and then actually going through and trying to sell? So let's talk about that piece a little bit. Um, and in your experience, Thomas, how do you kind of engage and ensure that affiliate signs up and then they actually start promoting? What are some things that, that you advise people on? Yeah, well, first, I mean, let's assume you've captured a lead. Because yes. without that, you're kind of crossing your fingers. Yes, right? we're, that is an <laughs> so, assumption. Because if yeah, you're not, yeah. I'll be honest, if you're not doing that right now, just stop, yeah. <laughs> stop this podcast, do it, and then come play it again afterwards because yeah. you need to be doing it in your business for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, okay, so you've captured the lead. Um, first off, you want to cross-reference who you're getting traffic from compared to your lead gen list, right? So it's like you're going to see in your affiliate dashboard and your analytics dashboard and ClickBank, these nicknames sending you traffic. Right. You kind of want to segment who's not, or excuse me, who's not getting sales with their traffic where it looks like a true drop, right? Not just like one or two clicks, which would just be generated by someone clicking on a link just themselves, but who's sending a couple hundred hops um, to thousands, right? And who looks like they're underperforming and who looks like they're performing. And then those, going to two, those in my opinion, go into two buckets, right? From like a, if you want to call it like an auto or autoresponder list almost, right? But it might be more manual in this case. Um, the people who are look like they're underperforming, in both cases here, I want you to not assume anything, right? Yes. Don't assume it's under or overperforming, just you'll go into it with your assumptions, but you're not gonna tell them that. You're gonna reach out to both of them with largely the same communication. Hey, thank you so much for, commu or for communicating. <laughs> thank you so much for uh, promoting, like really appreciate you. Um, how's it going for you, right? I see that you're backing out at this EPC. Just use, stick to the facts like a good journalist does, right? I see that you've sent this many clicks. I see you've gotten this many sales. I see that you've, you know, whatever it is, don't make any assumptions around it saying this looks good or bad. Because what happens there if you do that, oh, it looks like you're crushing it. And they might go, uh, it's actually underperforming. Sorry, like, uh, now it's awkward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you look like yeah. a big idiot yeah. is what they think. <laughs> They're like, what do you, you think this is good? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Um, but, and. We'll, we'll break this down and listen. There's mm -hmm. a lot of different things where something could look good, but it's not because you're not seeing the full picture. Right. So that's always yeah. important. Yeah, you're, all you're seeing is clicks and orders, right? And that's about it. Um, so just, again, stick to the facts, ask what they need, right? Because um, if they're underperforming, like, oh, it's not doing that great, like, or just ask, how is it going for you? What else do you need from me to help you be more successful, right? It's like, oh man, that's when they'll add some more context or if they don't, where you can follow up more, right? Because if they tell you, Oh man, I just didn't get the opens right um, on my email drop. Like I just this subject line just didn't convert. It didn't get the opens. Click through rate was fine, but I just need more opens. Okay, well here's some more subject lines for you. Right, nothing go retest. Uh, wherever it might be, right from there you can start to get to the next step. In some cases it might just be that, hey yeah this all looks fine. It's just not backing out for me. Right, it's just. Uh, you know, I'm getting 95 cent EPCs. I'm usually getting a dollar fifty, right? So it's just it's not backing out. Um, which you've got a lot of hands-on experience with that piece, right? I'd love for you to speak to that, like how you can actually negotiate or do the lack of negotiation in some cases. Yeah. So and you're kind of referencing if someone's like, hey, it's not backing out. I just need it's not a creative issue. It's more coming down to 
I yeah, need like, this. Clicks look fine. Like opens were f- on average. Clicks were fine. Like conversions look fine. Like it's just like it's. I'm just making less money. Yeah, yeah. I think lots of times it, it depends. I, in that situation, it really depends on you have to figure out what it's going. Why? Why that mm-hmm. would be happening? Right? If there's if they say their conversions look good or you think conversions look good, there's not making enough money, instantly evaluate where you're at from a margin perspective, what you could offer more for them. So oftentimes that'll happen from a conversation someone tested an offer. They're kind of the default tier of commissions, but we build in um, for offers. I want to have wiggle room. I even always tell clients and, and experience, like you need to have what you advertise as your default rate. What you give people yep. is like that, ooh, you, you know what you're doing. Here's one little tier. And then you have your max tier. There's more that you could have in that, but at a minimum, having those three, because the, the max tier is like should, now. Sorry, should you label these in ClickBank, min, middle, and max no, tier? No, you should not. You should not, yes. Yeah. In ClickBank specifically, they could see exactly what you put in there. Because so. when you put someone on a commission tier, they actually yep. get an email saying, you've been put on yeah. the loser tier. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the, yeah. Yeah. The which, tier. which, by the way, I remember putting like a weird tier and putting like a weird naming convention on a tier. And someone's like, well, that's way weird. And I yeah. forgot that people could see it. So, yeah. <laughs> but. Um, but no, I, it's it's important to have that wiggle room. So if you have a conversation with someone like that, um, sitting there and knowing, all right, I have more that I could give. The traffic looks like it's good. I could get some more in there. I just need to pay them more. The other thing we oftentimes did is even though conversions were good for us, we know we need to get them more money. So it's now customized to the audience. We did a lot of co-branded pages, which is huge when you could go and say, if you have a personality or someone that's kind of more on a, a branded audience list, or like, great, let's store an image of you up there. Let's get a testimonial of your personality. Oh, that makes sense. And so mm-hmm. we just get a lift on the conversions and now it starts backing out for them. So even if conversions look fine, you know, it's like, well, this is like a fitness personality, yeah. right? Like we can probably optimize this even better for them. Right? Yeah, yeah. And the, the flip side of that is if it's not a personality, looking at the a custom swipe for them. So mm. a specific email. And what you're looking at is just because conversion numbers are right for you doesn't mean that it's going to be right for that deal. They might need something more for that to back out. Um, they might need, you know, it's either going to be a, co- a commission lift, but like in your situation, if I'm only paying out 90 and they need to be at 150, um, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be able to get a commission increase unless I was really underpaying them to make that gap. So I'm going to need to find something creative. I think a custom affiliate swipe for them is huge. If you yeah. think it's a, a partner that's worth something like that, which the other caveat is, is it worth it, right? If you're going to go through that work and you're like, mm, you know, asking like, well, hey, was this a full send or was this just a test send? Because that's an important question. If they're like, oh, no, I sent to my entire list and you only got a thousand clicks, yeah. I'm probably not wasting my, I don't want to say waste my time, but that's probably not worth my time depending on where I'm at. Um, if they're gonna, if they're like, oh, I, they, I sent a thousand clicks, and I'm like, oh yeah, I only sent it to five percent of my my list. I'm like, that's somebody that I want to get something for to kind of push in there. The other last thing too is if they're not hitting that number, recips could be huge too. That's mm-hmm. where a recip- reciprocal arrangement could really help kind of keep that promotion going. Like, hey, you know what? I, I know we, we probably can't hit there, but what I can do is either do a recip. I could throw your offer if you have it on our thank you page. Mm. So they're getting revenue in a different way. I like that. Um, yeah. To help kind of boost that up. So those are all the different things you could do. And, and like I said, the big qualifier there is, is any of that worth it to you? That should be the question you'd ask. Um, but if it is, there's a lot of different things you can well, start to do. Pass now, right? yeah, yeah, to kind of massage that and get that to a place that makes sense. Um, there also is a point sometimes that it just doesn't make sense and it's okay to yeah. say for that offer right now, like, hey, this offer isn't quite maybe the right one for you. Um, 
but we have some other ones coming down the pipe that, that I think would be great for you to test um, into the future. So, so don't hurt the relationship on one offer, um, knowing that you're going to have others into the future. No, that makes sense. Yeah. So th that's great when you kind of have an affiliate maybe underperform. I think the next thing I want to talk about is you have someone that's crushing it, right? They're doing really well. Um, and so one of the important things, oftentimes I think people think they're doing well, I'm going to bump them up a commission tier, but that's not always what you should do. So why don't you talk a little bit about when you have an affiliate that's doing well, what are some of the tactics that you could do to, to improve and deepen that relationship for everyone to succeed? You mean you shouldn't just give up more profit margin? Yeah, yeah. here's just more money for nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I think you say this a lot, right? But it's like, you don't want to give up more profit margin if it's not going to result in a guaranteed more sales, right? Um, so yeah, let's assume it's going well. I think where people go poorly on this is they assume things are going well and they let it coast, right? Where you can, I think what you want to have happen is become a part of their plumbing, Right, like be, try to become a part of this. Affiliate. That's a weird metaphor, Thomas. I'm sorry. Car, well, car, car, they're plumbing. So yes, please that. elaborate. Yeah, yeah. So right, like if you're, it's really hard to replace plumbing in a house. Right. It's really easy to replace a faucet. Right. So if they're if your offer is their faucet and they just turned it on and they're getting some, they can replace that with a new offer at any you know, drop of a hat. And if you become a part of their plumbing, right? Or maybe you're in their ascension program now. Maybe you're in their upsell flows. Maybe you're on their thank you page. Right. You become a built-in day-to-day, month-to-month recurring revenue stream for them. It gets a lot harder for another offer to bump you out. Right. And then this again, this isn't going to work with every type of affiliate, but that's where these exploration calls need to happen. Right, and not getting complacent with like, oh sweet, the sales are rolling in, thanks man, right? It's like, oh, let's hop on the phone call, or let's get on the Zoom meeting, figure out where there's more opportunity. Do you, like, do you, asking them, do you have your own offers? Great, okay, like you said, you could mail to them in that case, and you kind of do a recep if it makes sense. Um, how is your upsell funnel? Like, do you need more products in it? Can we be in your upsell funnel? Can we be on your thank you page? Like, what's your autoresponder sequence like? Because they probably are just doing drops to you at this point, if it's looking good, if we're assuming it's email traffic. Um, so can you get into their auto responder? Thank you, ups, you know, kind of there's their sequence. So now you're just baked in to every customer or every new email lead they're getting, right? And now you're just built in recurring. Maybe it doesn't convert as high as their regular drops do, but now you're just built in. And that's what we see with um, when big affiliates get on and drop, you'll see like a spike every two weeks, right? <laughs> um, from a certain affiliate. And it's them just kind of, they've built into this offer into their process. And that'll last years in some case so right? long yeah um, so it's how can you build in that recurring revenue with these affiliates if it's a media buyer right now we're looking at those custom funnels right can yeah. we build a custom funnel a bridge page right really becoming yeah. let me let me stop real fast yeah. i just want to talk more about the email sure. side um, i think just to, to recap it's the idea understand why they're doing well just yeah. to say, you, yeah. you need to know why they're doing well. And if they have an offer, whether it's a lead offer, um, you know, there's all diff different entry points that you could enter into, whether it's through, like you said, on our responder sequence, we mentioned thank you pages. Um, you know, th there's, you could start doing joint promos, um, mm -hmm. you know, with list swaps, you could be like, hey, if you wanna do a sale, let's be a part of that sale. But the more you know about the business of why they're doing well to promote your offer and then how they actually get their customers, for your top affiliates, that's when you could get really creative um, with some different things that could extend yeah. that on for a long time. I think it's like going deeper instead of wider. Everyone's always looking for the new affiliate, mm -hmm. right? And they kind of forget about the affiliates have done really well for them and are doing really well for them. So it's just how can you keep going deeper, which will end up being wider in the long run. Definitely, definitely. Well, and if you just get it where I think you commonly hear, especially with email, and we'll get into the Facebook side because there's lots of things there too, or we'll call them medium buyers. Um, 
But oftentimes, too, people talk about with email traffic, it's so inconsistent, right? Yeah. So, so man, I, do you want your revenue to look like this every single mm-hmm. day? So that's where exploring and understanding their business. If it's going well for them, they promoted you three times in three different drops, and it's gone successful. There's a synergy with audiences. Yeah. So expand on that for consistent revenue versus just being like, things are good. Maybe I'll give them commission, but maybe we'll have a contest for them. You know, like yeah. the, that where those are not ineffective strategies, it's not always the most effective strategy, depending what you really want. Yeah, 100%. So let's talk a little about uh, the media buyer. I didn't want to like interrupt you too much, but oh, yeah, good. let's talk yeah. about media buyers and, and kind of what are some needs to go deeper there. Yeah, so often what media buyers need, right, is often more commission just because it's more expensive to scale on a brand like Facebook compared to, say, email or something like that. There's more cost involved. Um, so it's understanding their margin, like what their ad spend margin, right? What's their ROAS look like and where can you help them boost that either with conversions like you do for, you know, with custom pages or ad campaigns or things like that? Um, or is it like, do they need pixels placed? Do they need a custom lander built that they have exclusive exclusivity to every decent media buyer is going to want exclusivity on your offer on whatever channel they're on. You should be careful giving that right. Cause it really hamstrings you if it, things go south. So you, but you can give limited time scopes, right? Like 30 day, 60, 90 day exclusivity. Or what I like is when, Hey, here's a custom lander for you. We can make whatever tweaks to compliant headline copy or whatever, like buy button pops you need. And you have exclusivity on this page, right? No one else can run on this page. So we can make it as conversion tweaked as we need to. And so you can have lifts on it. Other media buyers might be running, but they're not going to have this page, which is out converting this other one. Right. Yeah. Um, and then really just, again, how can you become a part of their plumbing? Do you start to pay them almost like an agency, right? Do you start floating a bit of ad sale a month their way, right? Like a portion like an agency would, but they're still getting conversion or kind of performance based on the back end. There's lots of kind of things you can do, but again, so it's open exploration calls that need to happen to really flesh that out. Yeah, and sometimes too, even just the the access to creatives, that's yeah. a big piece, especially depending on what kind of creatives you have. But if it's uh, creating a relationship with a media buyer where they could say, would you be willing to try this type of lead on a VSL? I want to try a different intro. We're seeing this and creating almost like a collaborative call. I would encourage if you have a media buying affiliate that's generating a lot of revenue with with or for your offer, how often do you talk to them? How yeah. often you're talking about their mm-hmm. campaigns? Because as you know, anytime you're in Facebook media buying, that stuff could change from day to day sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so the need for creatives and adjustments and tests on the page could be pretty high. But boy, could they drive tons of revenue for you. So be really engaged with that business sometimes in the testing phase could, could be really huge. Um, but yeah, that, that big piece is always just going a little bit deeper um, or a lot deeper on those right relationships. And you'll squeeze so much more out of the lemon of your affiliate program um, than always sometimes chasing the next big affiliate, um, you know, which, which is pretty tough because in reality, I think you and I both know the best affiliates have been the best affiliates for quite some time. That's not as big as a group as you might think it is. It's um, an 80-20 rule, right? 20% of the affiliates are driving 80% of the traffic. So if you get, and it's going to be the same for your offer. Right, so let's go deeper with your 20 and you're gonna unlock a lot more revenue than just trying to chase the rest of the 80. Yeah, so let's recap kind of just the, the full thing. I think the big overall message we wanted here is whatever is working in your customer acquisition funnels, take that, analyze it and say, let's look at that for our affiliate acquisition funnels. And yes. let's call it that, an affiliate acquisition funnel. We're not just getting affiliates, we're acquiring affiliates yep. in the exact same way. So adopt those strategies. Um, take some of those nuggets we talked about from your 
we'll call it the, oh my gosh, I forgot what they're called, billboards. Sorry, I, <laughs> I was unaware of this thing I've been exposed to my whole life. Um, so if your billboard of your marketplace ad um, to your tool page, to a, getting actual lead information, and then what you do after somebody starts testing, looking, running traffic to your offer, to, to continue to scale and build those relationships. So lots of good nuggets in here. Listen to it a couple of extra times before we go and we invite the people to subscribe and save on our, or not subscribe and save, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> to subscribe, rate and review on the podcast. Um, is there any other closing things you wanna mention or talk about, Thomas? Mm, I mean, yes, but I think we've covered a lot of it. You know, it's, I, I just see a lot of meat on, left on the bone in this, area right i think where a lot of people don't think about is how can you automate this right in a good way how can you build an autoresponders how you can build in processes this does sound team intensive which it can be and often is at scale but there's a lot you can probably do to build in some autoresponders to ascend to qualify right on the so i just start looking at what's automated in your custom not just what are you doing tactically but what's automated on a process level through your customer acquisition stream that you should be doing in your affiliate too yeah yeah and a lot of this is almost i would tell people to look at business to business sales tactics so b2b um there's so much that you could draw through automation yeah. using tools like hubspot and things like that yeah that are gonna make your life so much easier and effective with getting affiliates, because it is still a selling process. This mm -hmm. is not just some sort of like charity situation. Like you need to sell almost in a B2B it's like, way. It's like Amber says, you gotta put your capital B on business on, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. a real business, treat it like one, you'll reap the rewards. Yeah, totally, totally. Well, with that guys, obviously Thomas is gonna be ready for future episodes. So while this is our first, it will not be our last. Um, so, um, you know, please make sure wherever you get your podcast, which is, what was your, what were you using that wasn't iTunes? I use Pocket Casts. Pocket Casts, so whether it's Pocket Cast or something cool like Spotify and iTunes, um, wherever that might be, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, leave comments, and keep listening, because we're here to make sure that you could continue to scale and grow your business using affiliates, not just today, but into the future. Have a great one. Happy scaling. Bye. <laughs>